this is Drew. And look at me. I didn't stop the music short. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here with my little sister, Ashley. You don't hey. need to say anything. Yeah, hey. you just did. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and Derek is apparently stuck in the game grid. So Yikes. we don't quite have the gang back together yet, but at some point this summer, I'm sure we will. Um, in case you didn't know, from the cover art, the title, your subscription, the link you clicked on, you are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Episode 118. Yay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Your enthusiasm. Uh, last time you said oof. So that's, oh, an, that's an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put wow in the, you know, script, but yeah, but you told me I had to talk earlier. I thought I talked too much. So I shouldn't <laughs> talk this time. Well, now it's your turn. So Ashley, when the heck are we this week? We're in mid July, 1982. Everyone's swimming, camping, finding their summer loves. And whenever we got a TV handy, we're watching some serious world cup football action. <laughs> Italy is playing West Germany in the final. Who you got? <laughs> Ooh. Um, I may or may not know the answer. I'm going to go with um, Italy. Oh, is that who wins? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll go with West Germany just in case. All right. Let's check in on the game here. Two goals in seven minutes was far beyond even West Germany's survival powers. Oh, uh, no. Referee Quelio, <laughs> the first South American to take charge of a World Cup final. Blue for time, and Italy could celebrate a 3-1 victory. Yay. 44 years after its last world title, Football. Italy had rejoined Brazil at the top table. Three times World Cup winners. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I was wrong. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, you went. You uh. You were out last week, and you've been watching some football action. Have you not? Oh yeah, I've been watching the Rapids almost every week. So. Went to see them for the 4th of July. It was wonderful. They lost to Austin, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, really? Austin FC? Mm -hmm. Yep. They lost, I think it was three to one or two to one. It was pretty, yeah, it wasn't great, but that's okay. The fireworks show was amazing. It lasted for like 30 minutes. It was almost too much fireworks, which is weird, but it was good. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> the World Cup this year, um, since we're synced up on a 40 year anniversary, I guess that makes sense that it would be um, happening in 2022 as well, would normally, you know, obviously be wrapping up right about now. But mm -hmm. do you know where they're hosting it this year? Not here. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the middle of um the Qatar desert, so yeah, it's like a hunt. Well, at least it's not in the. Wait, is there summer the opposite of our? No, that's why it's that's why they're not doing okay. it right now. It's I don't think this has ever happened before. They we might have already talked about this. I don't know why, but um maybe we talked about the start of the World Cup. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. But yeah, so yeah. they're gonna host it in their winter, so it won't be like 120 degrees, which is great. Yeah, but it's really weird because they're just bending over backwards to. You know, the Olympic Committee is notoriously corrupt and yeah. rather than pick a city um, that is good to its citizens and um, yeah. uh, media from other countries, they're just um, finding a way to make it it's happen. Going. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's all for the World Cup updates this week. What's showing at the multiplex, Ashley? Well, there's really only one option this week. Uh, that's new. Unless you want to see ET again, which we could, is really good. I could cry again. Yeah, <laughs> I see ET another time. It. I have a feeling it's going to be sticking around in theaters for a little longer. So okay, maybe something so, else. All right. Well, we have this. How do I describe this poster? Um. So it's Bobby Walt Disney, which I didn't know going into it. Um. But it's basically a giant video game, and it says, "Trapped in a fight to the finish inside the video world he created." Ooh. So that sounds kind of intriguing. Do you want to see that instead of ET again? Sure. What's it called? Tron. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tron. Yes. That sounds very futuristic. Very cool. I'm yeah. in. Oh, Let's and Jeff go. Bridges. So why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even, I was already sold and now <laughs> I am over the moon. <laughs> it happens inside the computer in a dimension man has never seen. Kevin Flynn, computer genius, is programmed into the world of the computer. 
prisoner in an electronic arena where love and escape do not compute. Tron, <laughs> an adventure inside the computer, rated PG. Coming soon to a theater near love you. Love and escape. <laughs> do not compute. What a tagline. Didn't yeah. write that in my poem. My fault. <laughs> Wow. Okay, man. What a mind-blowing uh, huh. visual experience we just got out of. We are, as always, fresh out of the theater, having seen Tron in 1982 with a packed audience. Ashley, what um, what left the biggest yeah. impression on you from this movie? Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges' sweet bod or the visuals in the game grid <laughs> definitely the visual the visuals are incredible i didn't know what yeah. to expect and i was like damn for the 80s this is like i don't even it doesn't even seem like it's part of the 80s at all like i don't even know like i was reading about how they created it and i was super impressed like yeah it's insane so we just got through watching um the thing which has some of the most impressive like practical effects and gore if not the most impressive of all time. We watched Blade Runner, which, you know, like uses a lot of practical sets and, and miniatures and creates like just this like whole uh, future world unlike we've ever seen. And now Tron is like completely <laughs> detached from yeah. kind of like those constraints, like the thing trying to not be realistic like we talked about, but just being like using realist, real, um, uh, viscera and skin and guts and Blade Runner trying to like immerse you in this world. Tron takes place inside of a game. So anything goes and the visuals are this crazy hybrid between you see people kind of like in suits marching around over completely computer generated as far as I can tell backdrops. Yeah, I was really impressed. I didn't really know what to expect. And I was like, how did they even like you watching like how did they do this 40 like 40 years ago i actually didn't understand i was like this is so much work um and i read that like the film was actually disqualified from receiving an academy award nomination for special effects because the academy felt at the time that like, using computers was cheating which is like i mean kind of ridiculous because they're just used to like organic effects but i was just like no this like this movie just did so many incredible things it's crazy like, yeah there i was reading something similar and they were saying there were some like well Obviously, there was Star Wars, which mm -hmm. was a, you know, comp uh, an achievement in both practical and computer generated effects. And we watched a movie that I kind of I didn't forget about, but um, uh, we haven't talked about it for a while in 1984 called The Last Starfighter, oh, where they yeah. go into a video game console and mm -hmm. you don't get nearly as like extreme sort of uh, love, even though that came out two years later. I don't remember the visuals in that movie being as trippy and creative. Um, no. And this is like a full immersion. Like all the like, yeah. effects were just like, you're in the game, which is, man, it was nuts. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be like this. I was like, what the fuck is well, happening? The best, I mean, the best introduction to the visual world was when, in my opinion, when Jeff Bridges gets sucked in, scanned and sucked oh, in and into then the whole realm. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh my God, this is a whole different, <laughs> a whole different type of movie before mm -hmm. that. I think it did a really good job before that of like in a brief amount of time, setting up the conflict and setting up the, the different characters. Um, and then it did an awesome job of yeah. establishing his kind of like, renegade attitude running this awesome popular arcade but disgraced from his former employer Where because all the games yeah he was the hottest them. programmer at yeah. income and then someone stole his uh his programs and and then um and then kind of what who's the central villain in this movie there's a couple. Um, yeah. So there is the master control program, which is like the villain of the game. Right. And then there's Ed Dillinger, who stole the code from Kevin Flynn, which is played by Jeff Bridges. And then there's also Stark, who is like the MCP's like main guy. Right? Yes. So the reason I'm asking is because basically, as far the way I interpreted it is the master control program is pulling all the strings. It's like a HAL 9000 type situation from Space Odyssey where um, Dillinger is just at the whims, both in the real world, 
you know, we see him and then I guess and then there's a different character in the um, game world mm-hmm. that is kind of his uh, chief of chief of staff, but also his whipping boy. Uh, but yeah, the computer's controlling the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, I will release this information if you don't like give me complete control to like all these different like crazy things like in China and all these different countries that are like doing stuff. So, um, yeah. And they are kind of using the fact that it wouldn't really, I don't know if it totally makes sense, but the game, the master control program can also release the fact that, that he didn't create it. Um, and, or I guess he, he might have other dirt on um, the CEO of Encom in, in a way that he could just kind of disgrace him. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then I don't know what happens to the game. A uh, couple things that I really want to dig into. I mean, mm-hmm. the visuals are awesome. I love kind of like the simplicity. It's a little Star Wars-y with the red and blue kind of good versus evil, just color scheme. But it was that's... blue and yellow and they switch it to red. Last oh, interesting. It just shows up better on screen or mm-hmm. just more differentiated. Yeah. Yellow is harder to like detect yellow and blue than red. Yeah. That must be why they use. Um, I didn't. I don't know when I wanted to get into this, but they use yellow in the uh, 2005 sequel, mm-hmm. Tron Legacy. Okay. And I don't want to talk too much about that movie because it's <laughs> really boring and generic. And even though Jeff Bridges is back, uh, 2010. D- 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, even though he's back. It's just an inferior movie in every way, but Aww. I don't, I can't really figure out why. Like th- these visuals both look dated, these like effects. I'm not nostalgic for the movie, like I'm nostalgic for the creativity or mm-hmm. the originality of it. I mean, how do, how do you kind of process like how this compares to newer computer generated effect movies? I think if you put your mindset like, it was filmed in 82. So 40 years ago, like, yeah, I've never seen besides like star Wars, like something like that. That's like a full immersion effect to where it's like, they put, obviously they put so much time and effort into like the special effects, the visual effects. And like, if you were to watch like that or like an ET, which has like cool effects every once in a while, like this whole movie, it just encapsulates the entire time, like that vision, which just makes it different. And like, even though it doesn't even look like nostalgic to me, it's just like, Oh wow. Like you can tell that they just worked really hard on it. So here's a thought experiment, and okay. um, you didn't watch the <laughs> the sequel, <I> <laughs> so it's gonna be a hard experiment for you to wrap your mind around. But like, if you just show like, so one of my favorite action scenes in like the games within the game grid is the light cycle um, race. Oh uh, yeah. So they're on these bikes and they're building uh, walls, light walls as they drive, and it's sort of a game of like parallel chicken. If you turn yeah. <laughs> into someone, um, you or if you turn in front of someone, they have to follow your movement, or else they'll smash into they your wall. Um, and so it's kind of a game of reflexes, but it just looks super cool. Um, I wonder if you show like a person who's younger or hasn't or doesn't even know when the two movies came out has zero context, like just the sequence from the Tron Legacy and the sequence from the original. Would they think the original looked cheesy and the new one looked cooler? Or would they think that, or would they have the same reaction as us? I mean, what's your hunch just based on like modern versus um, older computer effects? I mean, one would think that Tron Legacy would look cooler, right? Yeah, but and like look, it doesn't. It looks, it looks, I'm trying, I'm, I'm looking I, up images right now. I'm like, yeah. what does it look like? Um, I mean, I'm I trying mean, to be objective and like, I'm, or I'm trying to unpack whether I mean, it it's... looks okay. So Tron Legacy looks kind of na- kind of lame for 2010. Yeah, it's not, it's not, well, it looks for lack of a better word, it it looks like it's slick, it's polished, it's more um photorealistic. It yeah. doesn't have like the same that's that's why it's really hard for me to tell if like I just I don't know. I, I, someone, can you see someone watching the original and thinking like, man, this just looks so cheesy and dated. That's, that's honestly what I was worried. I was going to think going in. Yeah. And I mean, I was as well, but I was just so like immersed in the fact that I was made in 82. I was like, holy shit. Like this looks so good for 82. 
Right. Um, but yeah, looking at the 2010 ones, I'm like, okay, like it's like shinier, flashier. In comparison to what, if you watch both of them, you would know like, oh, this one's from the 80s. Like it looks cheesy in comparison, but that's a shame because the 80 movie was really good. <laughs> well, you'd be able to, yeah, I think, I mean, someone that had seen movies before would be able to tell yeah. which one came which. I just wonder which one, if you just ask them to rate mm. um, the coolness or, you know, whatever kind of like measure you want to put on it, which one they like the look of better. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't see the 2010 one, but I feel like as soon as he was, as Jeff Bridges was zapped into the game, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Like, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, exactly. And they do a similar thing with his son, Sam, in okay. the sequel. And it's just, again, it's it's over faster, like the, the, the actual scanning scene. It just happens quickly. And then the contrast between the people in the um in the game and the the like background imagery in the new one is less pronounced so they like mm-hmm. blend in more it feels a little more like they're all in, of a piece but i think what's so cool about the original and like when they show what's the um what's the name of the master control program sark or something yeah well i thought sark was like a secondhand man i thought the mcp was like the main thing yeah i think it's sark is okay so i think sark is like supposed to be ed yes um okay so but they have like you know a giant floating head basically (laughs) and yeah i mean it looks cool i i I don't know i don't know what else to say like in 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 sense of nobody cares about which one's better because nobody liked the sequel so (laughs) i'm just trying to separate what's what i'm responding to in the original visuals from like I don't know my own biases, but well, then it felt like we we're playing like a Windows old PC game, which I liked. Yeah. I like, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> like, right. So there's some nostalgia wrapped mm-hmm. up in that. It's just neither of us uh, did we. I don't even know if we mentioned neither of us had seen this movie before. Oh, I didn't know you hadn't seen it. No, I, I'd never oh, seen damn. it. So yeah, that that's why I didn't know if I was going to like it. I wasn't even. I wasn't hyped up in the sense of expecting it to be one of my favorite movies i just like or i feel like it's not a movie people talk about anymore it's cult status has kind of uh faded Mm -hmm. but so anyway i came in with mild expectations and they were greatly surpassed (laughs) well i didn't even know how much time they spent in the game i was like oh he's getting stuck in the game i was like oh is the whole movie in the game like what's happening like i wasn't sure like the disconnect between the two worlds or like how much it'd be in the real world and how much would be there. And, and I yeah. didn't know that Jeff Bridges wasn't trying. I was like, who's trying? Right. Like, oh, that's it's not a, him. I thought he was a good point. hero character and he wasn't, which was kind of cool. Well, I didn't know Tron was a person. I mean, really, yeah. I didn't know if it was <laughs> yeah. a game. It was, it's also a game console mm-hmm. or uh, our game cabinet. So I do have, let's see what clips I have. Here's a and here's a little clip of um, Jeff Bridges when he kind of gets introduced. Set the Wayback Machine for three years ago. Kevin Flynn. That's him. One of Incom's brightest young software <laughs> engineers. He's so bright, as a matter of fact, that he starts going in at night, sets up his own private memory file, and begins writing a program for a video games invented called Space Paranoia. That's enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of his uh, little apartment suite on top of the arcade? <laughs> I mean, for a, like a grown up adult, not great, but for like a person in their twenties, amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. Well, you could tell the- that he like loved what he was doing, and like he just wanted to play video games, and like it seemed like a family environment. It was pretty. I mean, it was a nice community that he had. But. Yeah. I don't know why he wasn't making. Well, I mean, I guess the difference between what you can make running an arcade and writing, you know, popular commercial software, there's mm-hmm. a huge gulf, but it seemed like the arcade is about as, as successful as it, you could, you could hope for. Yeah. It's packed so, and it's small yeah. too. It's like, just like a bottom. Yeah. Bottom room, like a house essentially. And it's called Flynn. So <laughs> it's named, I mean, he built it and named it after himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he's not rich and he doesn't have all those games that he created, which is kind of, which is a bummer. Yeah. It's so I was, I forgot when you and I talked about the thing when we were saying, have we watched another John Carpenter movie? Mm -hmm. Uh, We watched Starman with Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we have seen him around this time period before. 
that's another kind of uh, sci-fi movie. But man, he is just in the the peak of his physical prime. Correct? Yeah, he's a. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize like in Starman, I didn't think he was like that attractive. But in this movie, I was like, he is very attractive. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I was like, oh, Jeff Bridges is dead. One of the one of the funny parts of the sequel is uh, obviously it comes out long after Big Lebowski and his kind of like stoner dude persona. And he says, man, like a dozen times in <laughs> in talks. And I mean, his voice has kind of gotten gruffer and aged over the years. So that makes sense. But I don't know whether he improvised those mans or they put them in the scripts like he doesn't have any of the dude energy in this movie. No, um, not at all. But he does. But he just comes off as like that guy. That's the same yeah. kind of character. That's that's fair. I mean, he's always like relatable and 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 likable and seems a bit like an everyman uh, with, in this case, just like an innate spedo, uh, set of like computer hacking skills. And, and mm-hmm. uh, what did you think about once people get in the game grid and he he's the only they call he they call him user. a user. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, he was pretty good at the games right away. But I guess I guess that's fair to expect. Yeah, he built a lot of them. Yeah, I just don't think those skills would translate, but whatever. I don't think they would either because it's very yeah, it's very different than coding something as opposed to like playing it. But he played it with a joystick. Yeah, but he's not like in it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I think he would immediately die. But um, he didn't. He was really good. I like the Frisbee tossing game. I thought that was like the best one. Where you hit yeah. the, you hit the ring and then it disappears and you have to like stay away from the rings that they hit. I thought that was pretty cool. It's sort of it's like human pong with a few yeah. twists. So you throw mm-hmm. this glowy disc and either you can like slice through the other person and what's it called? Decommission them? D de- uh D de- com- not compress. I don't remember. D something. D res. Yeah, D res yeah. them mm-hmm. and they basically explode to death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but everyone in there is a program except for him. And uh, so either you get hit by it, you do some acrobatics to avoid it. And you can also like destroy the playing field as yeah. you go. Um, That's really cool. So there's that game. Kill, and he didn't even want to kill the other guy. And the guy was like, you have to. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do this. He's like, all right, I'll keep you alive and then try and kill you later. But they escaped the system pretty fast. I was kind of like, hmm, this seemed too easy. The their initial like their initial breakout or just yeah. like the whole the whole the initial the breakout movie. they played that yeah. one game we were talking about and then they're like okay we're out and I was like what <laughs> yeah he slid down a couple um platforms and oh no maybe he broke through like a hole in the wall during the light cycle game yeah there was a yeah. hole in the wall and they all like three of them broke through it I mean like, this is if you're not completely uh overwhelmed and immersed in the the visuals of this movie. I feel like the big plot hole is the plot, everything. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the mechanics of how everything works inside the game. Yeah. It's complete inanity. Like um, reflecting light off of his body to create another laser. I was like, what's happening? He's like, yeah, it's physics, simple physics. And I was like, but like you're, yeah. Well, yeah. Are you like, there. are you able to break the game as you go? Because yeah. <laughs> either the game is on rails, so to speak, and you just, run into a wall or mm-hmm. you have like all these like back end um easter eggs built into yeah. the game and you can somehow like move in a whole uh free open grand theft auto style world right that wasn't programmed um yeah. or if it was why i mean you could probably explain some of this with like he programmed in uh back you know back channels within the game mm-hmm. but there's also the whole concept of like if the bad guys are searching for them in the game, either they have like a God mode or <laughs> they have like control over the, the game to where they can just find him and eliminate him. It's like the bond problem of not killing off mm-hmm. the hero in a tidy way times a million. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause they have complete control of the system. You would think. Yeah, you think they didn't know? Be like, oh, the virus or whatever is here. Let's just yeah. kill it and eradicate, it and it's done. But yeah. they're like, we don't know where, we don't know how to find him. You're like, well, should be pretty easy. But I think, I mean, on the flip side, on the plus side, like, there's um, one of my favorite things about 
technology movies, whether it's like Hackers and the Net from the 90s or oh, movies or Lawnmower Man, which is like, oh, yeah, is like yeah. how they try to represent um, the inside of a computer in mm-hmm. a visually compelling way, which has zero bearing yeah. on, <laughs> you know, actual uh, visual graphic so interfaces. Boring. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It would, I mean, The Matrix does a decent job of just kind of showing binary code and Mm -hmm. then they kind of do whatever they want once they're in this like uh virtual world but um because there's so many parallels to this but i I think this movie gets away with it a little bit because it is you're not watching someone on the computer you are at first but you're watching them in the game so that's just kind of a whole fantasy scenario Mm-hmm. in and of itself and you can suspend disbelief it's not like a hacker uh it's not like angelina jolie jacking into a computer and seeing these buildings that she's like oh, the towers of through. code yeah which yeah because like, cool that's what she's yeah. supposed to be like actually seeing yeah acid <laughs> but a, burn yeah burn but a program pain. like that would never would never exist on the front end like you would never right write a, a an interface like that so a cityscape of code no (laughs) yeah but i love i mean but i love that that's so much it's so fun to watch like these like tech these 90s technology movies and this was on a whole nother level because i feel like i don't know enough about the computer technology at the time to even get some of the the commentary at the beginning but uh that's all the more all the more exciting when I didn't realize it was like a Disney movie, so I was like, is this towards for kids or adults? Or it's like definitely adult, a kid would be like, I can't do this. Like you, it's too complicated. Yeah. Yeah, but they wouldn't they just be like blown away by or not blown away, but wouldn't they just be wrapped up in the the visuals, visuals? and hopefully Maybe. yeah. It kind of gets a little like the visuals are beautiful and like they did a really good job with all the effects, but it gets kind of it's pretty slow for me. Sure. So I feel like for a kid, it'd be like, all oh, right. Yeah. Well, imagine that plus an extra 30 minutes, but boring the whole time. And then you have yeah. the, the yeah. sequel. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, yeah I did it. <laughs> um, the opening sequence in the sequel was good. I watched it right after this. And then I had to leave um, my Forever. viewing. <laughs> um, but it, like the opening was good enough to where I subjected Jamie, friend of the podcast, to it. And I was like, yeah, the opening was fun, but yeah, it goes downhill in a hurry uh, from there. They so. spent most of their time on the opening. They're like, yeah, we're going to hook them. And you're like, yeah, I'm hooked. And then it's terrible. Yeah. The opening isn't like even that good. It just takes place in the, the real world. And it's more, uh, the characters are kind of interesting at first. So gotcha. anyway, um, what other, what other games and adventure? I mean, do we want to talk about like, what's the mission of Jeff? uh bridges and his um his helpers in this movie uh essentially to gain control of the master control program so that they can free all the programs and he can get his code back and say he was the creator of the of the games right exactly like so he had no clue he was he was hacking into the computer they like uh, he has some accomplishes uh, accomplishes some accomplices (laughs) within the company that help him hack in and get access to level six or whatever yeah and level seven clearance yeah yeah it goes in descending order so level one is the highest clearance if i understood correctly oh i thought it was the other way no because at the end he's like when he prints that paper out it says this was oh, level one you're right you're right um regardless <laughs> he just thinks he's going to be able to hack in print out the paper and from behind he doesn't he doesn't hear the machine uh, turning on the laser and it, yeah it's it's basically defending itself right i mean yeah that's why it scans like, him in yeah it's basically like i don't want you to yeah i don't want you to control i'm gonna control i will put you in the system and kill you yeah but but along the way he meets tron um who's like just a program that's really good but also like another sort of rogue um a rogue part of the program that can do whatever he wants within the world yep and yuri which right. is based off of his like ex-girlfriend oh interesting yeah there's sort of a love triangle plot yeah it's weird she kisses 
I didn't like that. I was like, she kisses him. Like, thank you so much. And then she kisses like her program boyfriend. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah. I think maybe one of them thought they, or she thought the other one was dead at the time, but still it's it's a very quick turnaround. It was really quick. It was like two minutes later. I was like, Oh yeah. But yeah. So that works uh, to, to varying degrees. The dynamic between the characters is mostly fun. What's weird is like they enter this dystopian world with a slave kind of like uh, structure and system, sort of a gladiator. They just put the programs through uh, battles. Is that the main use they serve there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they were just keeping them like captive until they had to fight. But yeah, they're just like basically taking people from like different programs that like aren't supposed to be like fighters in these games and are like, okay, you do this like accounting, like or auditing or something. Go fight this other guy. And you're like, I don't really understand the premise of like why they're fighting, but yeah, I know he's because... absorbing. I know he's absorbing their powers, right? Like when they die, he absorbs the program into himself, the MCP. Okay, so he's maybe it's like a convoluted metaphor for machine learning. Yeah, he's learning more. He's gaining power by absorbing these programs that are just kind of going through trial and error. And they might uh, some theoretically all the programs can evolve a little bit and he's evolving exponentially because he's absorbing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then right. his power requires a, an, a human like in the real world to kind of carry out his bedding and income, I guess, is growing more and more powerful which makes the mcp um more and more powerful mm-hmm. yeah yeah so how do they how do they defeat it with a frisbee yeah <laughs> <laughs> jeff bridges jumps into this giant like laser into mcp's brain and then it changes from one color to another because he's a user and can do whatever he wants and then once he's like defenses are down tron throws a frisbee into this like open piece of the brain and mm-hmm. then it diffuses him and then changes everything back to normal to good. Bingo. Um, yeah. <laughs> I watched it, but I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I thought you mentioned one thing that I thought was pretty cool. Like at a, a few times, Jeff uh, Bridges like takes, uh, uh, takes over a ship or oh. a person's suit and it changes colors. Like he, changes into the red color at one point to go incognito right yeah i thought that was cool i also really liked my favorite character guess what my favorite character in the whole movie is hmm no idea the bit oh yeah he's so cute and i was like why couldn't he be through the whole thing he can always say like yes or no like that's his only thing so jeff bridges will be talking to me like i don't know i don't even know what jeff bridges said but he was like so he was like such a comedic relief and he was like so cute i wish he was like yeah. more of it that's right. Okay, yeah, right. he just encounters like a rogue, uh, a rogue piece of code with yeah, <laughs> one command. <laughs> He's like, man, I'm not driving very good. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. It was really cute. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that is delightful. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of the shape and the aerodynamics of the enemy magnet ships? Uh, this is you a know, like, the, the, yeah. <laughs> Like the weird satellite phallic shapes that you're talking about? No, no, no. Like the main thing that the enemy seems to use to fight them is like they kind of look like gates. They have oh, two yeah, legs. Oh, yeah, they have two long legs and like a big torso at the top. Such a weird non really make ship. sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. I don't know why their legs attached. They never walked on them. So. Well, they use them like to block gates in the light cycle world i guess or in other places like they put their legs down and then they come together but there's got to be another way to do that for like most of the time you're just flying and you run into things because you have these long (laughs) yeah jeff bridges was hitting the shit out of every wall with it yeah yeah exactly so i thought that was a little strange but maybe they just wanted to come up with a ship design that was unique to this world so yeah mission accomplished there what else (laughs) hmm i mean i think that's it okay let's play one more clip of the light cycle race just so we can hear some of the sounds of the world this is blue leader to blue bikes run these guys into your jet walls copy blue leader 
They do have, so they do have gold in the movie at times as well. They have gold? Yeah, oh, this I is, see, I see. yeah, instead of just red. The, although this, they're red inside of it. Oh, gold That's is. That's why I was confused. Gold's yeah, like the, it's not, yeah. Anyway. The race color doesn't correspond to the vehicle color. And I was really confused by that. Right. Because they were yeah. like racing. And I was like, wait, he's red, but it's yellow. But then there's blue. It just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I think what happened is like they did one color and they're like, oh shit, this is different colors. And it's too late. And they kept them. That was like the- a, probably a ton of, yeah, uh, processing power going into rendering these <laughs> effects. Yeah. And it was, there was, they ran out of time to redo it if they wanted to. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I, again, I think my biggest takeaway from this movie is now I have a different appreciation for computer effects. I know mm-hmm. people like to point out whenever someone uh, critiques a newer movie, like the newer thing versus the old thing, the new thing used a combination of practical and computer effects. And you can use computer generate generated effects to, um, accomplish something you never could with practical like jurassic park (laughs) so this is like if you're going to do something set in a world where that is the way to do it um and you're going to showcase like um uh, something that 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 makes sense for it it can be really inventive um or you can do something like original and never before seen with computer effects obviously one's not inherently better than the other Mm -hmm. it's just this was a visual uh, presentation that i had never seen before and i was really really impressed by the creativity here yeah me too can you um can you guess how many people were involved in the making of this uh let's say a thousand 569. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of yeah. people to be involved in one film though. Like that's pretty crazy. Oh yeah. I have no, idea. I mean, yeah, at the time. And if you ever watch sit through the credits of like a Marvel movie, I mean, oh, God yeah. knows, but, uh, but yeah. And I guess, I guess the, the last thing I'll say about computer effects since saying Marvel movie just re- reminded me is when they're trying to go for a realistic world, but add in monsters or add in aliens or add in, you know, space demons and mm-hmm. like, like Ultron or something, it just doesn't have any real, like, it's not the same. Yeah. It doesn't have like any heft to it. If you're going to make a computer monster, make it like the, the red uh, pixelated head in this mm-hmm. and, or make it like how 9,000 and it's just a glowing dot. Like it's, it, it don't try to make it look like you we would imagine a robot to be I, right. I don't i don't know it's just more boring that way yeah it's much more so. effective to actually have like real effects or someone i feel like someone in like a suit just like looks so much scarier than someone like computer generated so i completely agree yeah so maybe they'll go back maybe like directors and producers will go back to that which would be yeah cool. hopefully have you seen um free guy or wreck it ralph those are some of the other movies yeah that i've seen wreck it ralph. With this yeah it's yeah, really Ralph is a great example. It's an animated movie, so kind of anything goes with the visuals. But that does a great job of showing like behind the scenes in a video game world, and the same logic rules, the mm-hmm. same lack of logic, <laughs> yeah, applies. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because it's just a fun ride to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, free guy. I argue. Have you seen that one? I think I watched part of it and fell asleep, to be honest. I was like, this is too much. Yeah, that one <laughs> that one is tougher because you see people, again, like trying to program solutions to find the the guy or to find, you know, Ryan Reynolds' rogue, um, non-playable character in ways that make no sense, like building stairs to chase him down as he runs versus just wiping the versus just yeah eradicating his character yeah. like it's just <laughs> it, it 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 because it's realistic and because it's showing like a grand theft auto type world it feels way you evaluate it and it, you apply like a different standard to mm-hmm. the action and it just loses me 
whereas I mean that movie was was entertaining, but this movie visually is is so much more inventive. Yeah, even well, though it's forty years guy, old, like, more logical. You're like, oh, this looks like the real world. Like, oh, yeah. this seems makes sense. Sort of. Okay, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Supposed to like, oh, this is a game mode, so like anything goes. So it makes sense. exactly. Um, all right. Well, um, you were out last week, so we didn't ah. have a poetry corner, but I'm hoping you have something for us this week. I do. I have a little rap. Oh, a little rap. Okay. Um, I didn't drop it. Do you want to drop a beat? <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Um, yo, what up? My name is Kevin Flynn. I'm a brilliant computer engineer ready to take those dollars in. I created games like Space Paranoids, Vice Squad, Light Cycles, and Matrix Blaster. Too bad fucking Ed Dillinger stole my code and now he's ranking all my money in faster. <laughs> I got to break into the HQ to prove these games are all mine. Too bad I've just been copied into that digital world, not just FaceTimed. Now I must compete and scheme my way around the system to prove my code is worthy and that my genius hasn't missed them. I meet some good buds while I'm gaming around, Tron the baddest program in all the gaming town. And Yuri, who has a way with the lasers, that babe, if she wasn't a program, <laughs> damn what I wouldn't do to save. Anyway, <laughs> we're off to defeat the master control program, MCP. Don't worry, Tron can destroy him with his code-hungry Frisbee. Now I'm transported back into the real world where my genius life's work has finally been unfurled. Huzzah. <laughs> wow. Damn. Yeah. We Derek, missed... missed out. Yeah. <laughs> He sure did. Hopefully that like um, rattles his cage in the, yeah. the gaming world and he gets the the rap signal. That was that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, man, you need to um, publish these somehow. Rap? More. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. OK, great job. It's going to be hard to come back from that. But yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we're going to talk a little more about Tron in a bit. But before we do that, we are going to play something we like to call Rank the Blank. Lasers, lasers, lasers. Yeah. This is sponsored this week by something that I had never heard of before we got this (laughs) giant um, clearinghouse style check in the mail. The Astro Arcade System. So it's like a chunky looking Atari. It comes with um, uh, handheld sort of like pistol grips. And so as the controllers, it is also known as the Bally Arcade, the Bally ABA 1000. Um, Basically, you want to get your hands on this um, um, home arcade in a box. So the um, original... CPU clocked in at 1.7 megahertz. Those aren't gigahertz, okay. but right. um, pretty powerful stuff. <laughs> so that's the Astro Arcade. Thank you for fake sponsoring us this week. Now, um, there's no clip. Oh, yeah. I forgot to look for it. No, I have a clip, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, megahertz. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I stalling, Astro yeah. Arcade, a new video computer system that gives you more than Atari or Intellivision. Arcade gives you four-player capability and an Whoa. incredible 256 colors. Oh. Damn, 256? Arcade has features the others don't. A built-in remote game selector, three built-in games, a calculator, and Astro <laughs> calculator. Base, making the arcade a personal home computer. Oh, arcade, weird. The home entertainment sensation. A built-in it's, calculator? That's interesting. It's a sensation. Huh, never heard of it, so I guess it didn't last very long. Uh, Thanks for sponsoring. Thanks for sponsoring. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, we are... Oh, I guess I should explain what this is. (laughs) Rank the Blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic, best 80s video game, which is probably too broad of a topic because (laughs) as you start to dig in, there are so many good options for this. All of them can be found on the three game selection on Astro Arcade. Now, um, I'm not sure if we're going to be picking any Astro Arcade I'm picking games. a calculator for sure. Yeah, basic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to... Uh, I also forgot that like I would have said some of these games. Let's just... Uh, let me see what you picked before we spoil anything. Like, yeah. We're not picking Super Mario. 
That's Tetris. probably objectively one of the best. Pac-Man. Um, I would have. Legend of Zelda. Oh, I should have picked that one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised that like Super Mario Brothers, um, which is a sequel to Mario Brothers, came out in '85. Like that's yeah. earlier than than I would have thought. So we have an incredible range of of games here: Contra, Castlevania. Um, any if you're looking at the list, are any jumping out at you that we Mike didn't? Mike Tyson's pick? Punch Out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now there's a lot of really good ones that I was like, oh man, I really should pick Zelda, but it's okay. I'll stick with my. Mega Man. Um, yeah, some of the ones, the other ones I wanted to pick were like Castlevania. Yeah. Joust. Had... I used to play Joust all the time. Yep. Man. Yeah, we, we kind of, we could have stuck to Atari games because that would have been more uh, in the time Let's period. Start but... over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we got the whole 80s to choose from. So for the movie, are we going to do one specific game within the game? How do we want to do this? You said like you like the, the um, the, well, frisbee, I like the game. frisbee one, but I like the the light one where they race each other, the light cycle one. I also feel like when they show, maybe, I don't know whether this was in the first one or the second one, but they show like when you walk up to the Tron console, or they show a console in one of the the movies where you're, they're playing the the racing yeah, game. That's like the main game of the movie, so I think that yeah. should be the the one. We okay. Go with. So yeah, this is going to be the light cycle race versus your choice. Quack quack. Bang, bang. Um, go duck hunt. You know, an old school shooter game. You get to shoot ducks. It's cool. Yeah. Does that sound fun? Yeah. And then they like die and they're like, oh no. And then they go into the bushes. And a dog, a dog comes out and, and oh, uh, rounds them up for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Well, Pretty classic. Um, well, I'll, I'll reveal mine and then we'll circle back to yours. Cause I want to, I want to talk about it. I have some fond memories when we first got it of you cheating. Um, you turned off the console. Probably you always, yeah, one. but you shot at anyway, the screen from, uh, from a millimeter away. So that's, that's not exactly I only had one eye. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your choice? My choice is excite bike, which came out on the Nintendo, um, the original Nintendo. Do you remember this game? Is it dirt bike? greasing or something yeah it's like goes it's really side, hard to control it's like side scrolling and you go yep. over jumps and there's like four like staggered um bikes but what's so cool about it is the level generator so you can build your own um course? dirt bike course oh that's sweet yeah and i remember spending a lot of time on that and then the payoff was eh, medium satisfying <laughs> most of the time but just kind of like it was, seems like really advanced functionality to when you have a finite, you know, amount of disk space on these cartridges to be able to basically have seemingly infinite options to build your track from. And then you get to race it. And if you do stuff like put the jump too far up in the air or put jumps too far apart, you just crash. So Fun. Um, another game that was on the list that we didn't pick is Sim City. So it's sort of like a hybrid between a racing game and a world building game like that which mm-hmm. really um appealed to my brain at the time so and yeah what yeah so duck hunt has a whole nother um control method you get a gun yeah. with it cool which was like its own special experience unlike any other game at the time you're a lethal weapon for sega yeah. Oh, the yeah. We had those... the blue gun. Those were yep. that was a sweet game. Yeah. Is that what it was called? I think it was Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. There was a couple. We had a couple. Like, I, I'm also thinking of like Sunset Riders. I don't think that had a gun, but oh, Lethal um, Enforcers. Lethal Enforcers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. this is tough. We haven't played Tron, so that is a little no. bit of a disadvantage for the movie. You haven't played Excite Bike, it sounds like. <laughs> no, I think actually I think we played it when you were in Denver. Oh, maybe this will maybe, maybe sure. this will jog your memory. Okay. <laughs> I like the music. No, we almost could have done. Memory, but... We almost could have done rank the blank just based on sound. Um, the tunes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I played it with you when you were here in Denver. Pretty sure. Upstairs. I punched both. Oh yeah, I think we already played this light cycle one. 
I'm going to okay. put light cycle last because it seems like there's not a lot to it. Um, it's almost like it's also like snake. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's cool looking, but I don't know if it'd be that much cooler to play than than snake, which no. is pretty addictive. <laughs> yeah, it is. Super, it was super addictive. Um, OK, I'd still put it last. So, OK, so here's the argument between I, I described what made Excite Bike so replayable. You yeah. could race and you could also spend hours just building a track. Do you remember anything past like the first 30 seconds of playing Duck Hunt? No, you should more ducks. <laughs> I know, but like I, I literally, yeah. I literally don't remember. I mean, I, I know it gets, yeah, there are more ducks. It gets more harder. Ducks. And but you like, probably, sh- and you play against someone, so you can probably like shoot, see who shoots more ducks. But that's it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's pretty gimmicky. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that you can create your own track. So like when you explain that, I was like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. I'd want to play that over Duck Hunt. Let's just be honest. We picked some terrible choices because yeah, I think the Legend of Zelda should have won. <laughs> yeah, Zelda or even my backup Super choices. Mario Dig Dug and Frogger. I remember playing oh, Frogger, Frogger for was hours. So much fun. And the stages evolving, and you get crocodile. You know, you eventually get different kind of like yeah, uh, different color crocodiles. You have to go across. Oh, that's right. There's the yellow ones, and, and they're then harder. We played Doug- I played Dig Dug a lot at our grandparents' house. Yeah, we um, messed up. But yeah. out of these three, that you know, I would say it's like Excite Bike is first, and then Duck Hunt, and then Light Cycle. Excite Bike is also fun to say. Excite Bike. You would yeah. think it's like wouldn't come off the tongue naturally but it sounds cool i felt like i stuttered a little bit but yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right excite bike number one (laughs) duck hunt number two and light cycle race (laughs) from tron number three perfect all right well i think it's been a while since i've won actually yeah i feel like we just picked terrible choices and yours is like the Best of the terrible. Yeah. <laughs> One, but I mean, not really. <laughs> I know. I, I, I really do have fond memories for it, but it could have been an easy win for some of the, the classics. We went a little outside the box, which is fun. Yeah. So I'm proud of us. All right. Back to our feature presentation. Okay, what's the response and the buzz and the critical consensus for this movie, Ashley? It's a pancake. Call it a flop. Really? (laughs) I mean, I actually didn't really look at the reviews, but I'm just going to guess it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. Oh, interesting. I mean, I I don't really have a guess. I know we have a clip from uh, some of our favorite movie critics, um, so I know what they thought about it, but I wasn't sure if it was a... Um, I mean, it didn't. It got like okay ratings. But I'm trying to find ratings from like actual 82, and it's a little bit harder. So, okay. Um, well, I'll play this, and and you can see if you find anything. Okay. Because before Tron, Disney films of late have been pathetic, unworthy of the Disney. Oh. With Tron, though, Disney instantly is up to date. A truly exciting hmm. movie. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I got into it right away. The yeah. sound Dang. is terrific. You can't really hear that on television. Yeah, on the scale, on the scale. The, the sound surrounds you, the size of the screen, the big screen, to see this on a big screen. And I got into this world, and I had never seen anything like it before. You mm-hmm. know, we talk oftentimes about the fact that movies can take us to places we've never been before. Tron yes. took me to places nobody had ever been before. Yeah. And it made it, and it didn't explain everything. With hmm. yeah. um, I just felt like reviews were very mixed, and it actually... Let's see. It was a surprising success, but I just didn't think it would be based on like, it's kind of a weird movie. Um, but they had a $17 million budget and it made 33 million in its release. So that's, well, I guess with inflation, that seems super low. Yeah. But maybe yeah. that was, yeah. And I don't know whether that was, I mean, compared to like the money ET is making. <laughs> right. I mean, jump change. Cashing but, it in. Um, but compared to Blade Runner and The Thing and some of the other sci-fi movies. Um, that's I guess more successful. And then what's well, kind of mixed reviews because I read another article says so like the cult classic was a flop, but I mean it still did well in box office. So I don't really know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Did you read the box office reviews? Was it like coming up to e- next to ET? Um, not exactly. So okay, ET still at number one in its fifth week with 12 million. It almost stayed exactly the same as the previous week. And Tron. At number two with 4.7, but it's barely beating Rocky three in its seventh week. So I I think you might be looking at like the all time 
yeah box office return sometimes these movies get like re-released if it only made four million this weekend it's probably not you know it's it's crazy like uh, basically et sucked the box office air out of um three everything iconic yeah. movies uh blade runner the thing and tron the only thing that was able to compete and poltergeist is doing fine as well yeah, poltergeist probably still um but that's a horror movie so i'm not counting that yeah. uh star trek 2 which came out like um right after rocky so it had enough space I guess actually it only had one. It came out the week before ET, so somehow that movie was able to surpass, dude. But hang in, yeah, hang in there. Although it's a sequel to like a huge franchise that that people love. So, um, and ET is an original that mm-hmm. that is just took everyone by surprise. So, sorry, Tron. Um, yeah. Your legacy has been completely tarnished by the <laughs> the sequel, but otherwise it holds up um, really well. I hope it's crazy. I wonder how many people watched the sequel without the watching the original. Um, Jamie, Jamie for one, because <laughs> yeah. I forced her to. Um, because it's not. Did she, from did a, she like the sequel? No, I mean like, she. No. She thought it was fine. I mean, it's not like if you if you aren't comparing it. It's a totally serviceable action movie. Mm-hmm. And in plot wise, it doesn't really matter if you've seen the original or not. I don't think like the your attachment to the characters really matters. But it would be a shame if people like had an opinion on the first one based on the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. decided not to watch it because they didn't like the sequel. Mm-hmm. So which brings us to <laughs> Yeah. Would you consider this a uh, new release or old news? Pretty easy for me. I'm I'm going to say new release are all the reasons we've discussed the computer graphics look at one on one hand straight out of the 80s and on <laughs> another hand more interesting than most things that come out today. Like mm-hmm. so it totally holds up like you can if you're used to watching new stuff I feel like this is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I, um, cause when I was watching, I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And the more we talk about it, it's definitely a new release. I mean, the visuals are incredible. The plots, yeah. whatever, like the acting is fine. It doesn't really make the plot doesn't really make sense, whatever, but the visuals are so cool. So, yeah, um, for it's, that time, definitely a new release. Right. A little style, style over substance, but yeah, Jeff Bridges is awesome. The performances are good enough to make you care about the nonsensical mm-hmm. <laughs> plot yeah. for the most part um so how early 80s is tron from a scale of zero to 82 based on fashion music actors tropes whatever graphics Visuals. yeah i don't even uh, i don't know i feel like we talk ourselves in circles each week and the, i would say the biggest thing it has going for it is like this arcade phenomenon that is mm-hmm. breaking out and sort of like capturing what it would be like to be an arcade game in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, in, in so much that that even that sentence even makes sense. Um, <laughs> like, but, the, but the game itself that he's in looks like it's like an 80s generated game. Yeah, too. exactly. So like. I mean, right now, their top is Poltergeist with 81 out of 82, E.T. with 82 out of 82, and Blade Runner with 79, and The Thing with 80. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so like... <laughs> we have a clear, you know, top tier. Does this yeah. crack the, is this, does this surpass Blade Runner? I mean. I think it sur- might surpass The Thing for me. Yeah. Just because of all the crazy graphics and special effects, you can tell, like, when you watch it, it's from the 80s. So, you know. Yeah, and. I mean, we don't have to, um, I think what we might be learning is not that we need to space these out more. It's that yeah. this is so far the, the time period that is most distinct to its yeah. time, uh, in my opinion, we can talk mm-hmm. about this at the end of the summer, but like all of the movies so far feel very of this time. And yeah. that's, that's actually a testament to picking like, well, I mean, that's just like a testament to the the year itself is that mm-hmm. they all have 
in very different ways, like Rocky three or, you know, Poltergeist and uh, Tron, like are completely different movies, (laughs) but they're all like, so tethered to that Mm -hmm. time period. So that's cool. Yeah. I would move, um, Blade Runner and the thing down a point or two and move Tron up. Yeah, we can, we can do like a second ranking at the end of the the summer for sure. I like that. So we'll do Tron with a mystery number, but definitely upper seventies, if not an 80 for me. Sounds Um, good. All right. So time to go to the gift shop. So each week when you watch the movie, we take something from that movie and sell it for profit in our gift shop. Um, right now we have some crazy stuff <laughs> like uh, new release robes, which are really nice and comfortable. Um, we have a new release D and D character bios um, taken from stranger things. We have some, an origami memory kit, which is pretty cool. Um, we actually have something on here that we didn't talk about from the movie, this movie. Oh, that, is very similar to the when they find the water and they like it it's kind of oh yeah so like finding what yeah it's so the mood drink that lights you up and they were like oh we're getting all that's that was pretty cool that's a cool scene yeah. um so what do we want to take from blade from blade runner from tron i like uh, their suits <laughs> the frisbee you didn't seem impressed by um, it was fine i mean it yeah. did like win the whole i mean that's how they got MCP to die, but right. Um, uh, I want one of those light cycles, but I don't know if that's realistic to sell. It's a little harder. You could make it out of cardboard and they could draw it like what color they wanted. You could make it into a kit. Yeah. I or you could make it like we could Oh, like Hot Wheels, where you pull it back and it releases and you can make it on a track. Yeah. Light cycle hot wheel. Yeah. I would I'd play with that. Okay. Sweet. I feel like I don't know if we're putting our own spin on it or we're just merchandising the movie. Well, it, but glows whatever. The, it glows in the dark. And if you hit a wall, the a firework goes off. Um perfect. <laughs> it's very safe for kids. Really light uh, cycle that explodes. Got it. Exploding light cycle. Um, okay. So what are we gonna single watch use next? is good for um repeat purchases so yeah you can buy a kid of like 15 if you want yeah we'll sell sell bundles um okay so what are we gonna watch next week yeah i i know the name of this movie i know that dolly parton is in it is it a horror movie no nothing else no i'm pretty sure it's not Um, oh dang um i'll play the trailer and then we'll see if you have any recollection of this movie don't touch that doll. You know what's going on in this innocent-looking ranch. Boy. And what's going on is evil, immoral, and against the law. Everybody up! They say it's indecent. They say they're going to close it down. Because with Bird and Dolly, this much fun just couldn't be legal. It's the best little in Texas. Oh, universal picture. It's you can't say a whorehouse? Apparently not. Uh, I mean, it's wait, a mainstream it Bert, wait, release. Is it Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton? Yep. So, interesting. Okay. Smokey, or is he Smokey or the Bandit? I don't know now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He's, <laughs> he's Smokey. Um, yeah, he's no, wait. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's, we, uh, Burt Reynolds is back on the podcast. Dolly Parton will be making her debut. And, whew, I'm a little worried about yeah. the tone of this movie for my personal taste. I thought but... it was a horror movie for some reason, like a prostitute horror movie, but I am not correct. <laughs> so can't wait. It might be cringy. We'll see. Um, yeah. But it's it's going to be quite the change of pace. I think, you know, we've watched like the most epic lineup of sci-fi movies. Now we're going to be going into whatever that is. We're going to be going into um, action movies. We're going to be going into stoner movie. So we have quite the, um, you know, we still have uh, our first Chuck Norris movie. Uh, yeah, we've got quite the lineup, but the sci-fi run of epic proportions has come to an end for now. And I, um, I've really enjoyed the ride. And if you want to come along for the rest of the summer that we're going to be spending in 1982, then you should subscribe to New Release by searching 
that very term, new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Ashley? That's a race. Ooh, speaking of. Pew, pew. No, this isn't race music. Oh, I was like, uh. Sounds like Credit to thing. Wendy Carlos. Do I did love the music. Name. I never talk yeah. about it, but I did love the music. Except for uh, this there's, <laughs> there's a track by Journey on the soundtrack, which I don't know which one that was. I would say the rest of the music is really good, but I don't really like it.